Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Ami Bros. Welcome, welcome to the Ami Bros Podcast. Damon here, one third of the Ami Bros. Jared, Jeremy, how you feeling over there, boys? Welp. I feel like this this should be my mantra because uh, I say it every week. My Tigers got a dub. That's 12 straight wins for them. And my Texans got a dub. That's eight straight wins for the Texans. I'm feeling good right now, baby. I, I, I made some uh, some of my grown-up juice today. Um, I mean, I'm just feeling really I'm feeling really good about life. I mean, I, I can't complain. Uh, only thing would be better is very, my picks very were Very good reason. Yeah, your picks were not – Exactly where they needed to be, but your your boys are balling, man. Both teams. Uh yes, JDZ, how you feeling over there, man? You good? Man, I'm I'm feeling good. Ended up in the positive again. You know, it's been five straight weeks, and then last week I had a little negative. So back in the positives. Overall, in the 15 games, I was 10 and five against the spread, three and two in money games. So your boy is, you know, he's he's on it. You know, like, like I said, I'm just like a professor. Um, I studied the data and going to put the grades together, man. So. Let's get it going. This man's spitting out numbers already, 85. <laughs> he's, he's feeling good about himself. Uh, but we got a lot to get into today, boys. Uh, obviously, a lot of NFL games, a lot of entertaining games last week, a lot of very, very much entertaining games uh, this week, a lot of uh, playoff implications going to be going on, as well as the NCAA. So let's jump on right into it, boys. Uh, let's start with Jeremy's boys, uh, Cowboys versus Saints. Uh you know, do the Cowboys have a chance? Thursday night, big game coming up. Well, Jared, I'll let you go first. Yeah, yeah, I, I like I like to go first on this one. Do Cowboys have a chance? Yes, they have a chance. I'm going to tell you what their chance is. That Demarcus Lawrence gets past somebody on the offensive line who trips over their shoelaces and they hurt Drew Brees. That's about the... <laughs> And I'm not even sure they have a chance versus Teddy Bridgewater because I think Bridgewater is a much better quarterback than Dak. Here's the thing, right? You know it's bad when a, a team is playing so well that there's other teams in the league that are 10-1, and 9-2, another team on an eight-game win streak, and everybody's like, yeah, it's the Saints and then kind of everybody else. Like, they're really – and and I know Jeremy's gonna he's he's biased to his team and, and so if he's you always just saying a lot of great information. Like, yeah, he's oh, loving this right now. Jeremy's say, loving he, this. If he says if Jeremy says it, then then it's gonna seem like it's biased. But right now, you know, the, my only concern for the Saints and them not winning the Super Bowl this year is that they peaked way too early. And me and Jeremy had this conversation uh yesterday, I believe it was, and I said it's very difficult to play at this level for four months straight. And I mean, every team that typically peaks in November, it's hard to still be peaking in February. Um, but with that being said, uh, Drew Brees is super accurate. Uh, they have a great running game. They're, they're second in the league in rush attempts. They're top five in the league in rushing yards. Um, they got receiving weapons that apparently it doesn't matter who he's throwing to because he's got like undrafted free agents come out of, out of the woodworks um, like, like it's the Adam Thielen University. Um, and – I mean, I don't see them really having a big chance unless they're able to run the ball and keep the ball out of the Saints' hands. And the tough thing about that is the Saints have the number one rush defense in the NFL on per carry basis and a per yardage, or yardage per game basis. So, um, you know, we'll get into the, the picks a little bit later. Um, I don't think they have a great chance. Well, their, only, their, their best thing is, is Jeremy's argument that Jeremy always says, and it's don't bet against the home team when pretty good teams are playing when they're uh, on Thursday night. But the problem is I don't think the Saints are pretty good. I think right now they're they're playing virtuoso, so I, I don't think they have much of a chance at all. They're great, man. I, it's like Sean Payton has a – he's like a, a mad scientist down there or something. I don't know what he's got going on. Looking up some of that voodoo juice down there in uh, <laughs> the NOLA. Uh, yeah, even even Ashley was just talking about how good they're playing. She's, you know, she's a, a bear to the heart. So yeah, man. Jim, what do you think about your boys, man? I, I don't even think you even need to comment. I mean, you've been. You know, I gotta give you. Pro- no, no, I have so much good information to give you guys. So we're gonna be before the season. Now they're balling. I mean, you got to be feeling good about yourself. 
Yes, yes. I, I am feeling actually wonderful about myself. Uh, Jared, I just wanted to throw something out about your uh, quoting me. I think it's wonderful that you're starting to quote me on some of the things that I say. Never bet against a good team at home on a Thursday night. There's just only one problem. This is not a typical Thursday night. The Saints and the Cowboys played last Thursday, so they've all had seven days. So everybody's on a full week rest. Therefore, that's not going to be an issue. Uh, overall, I see this game being very, very ugly. When I say ugly, I think you're going to have people questioning whether or not Dak should be the starting quarterback after this game. I think it's going to be that bad. Uh, overall, Drew Brees is going that's to destroy the Cowboys defense. Destroy the Cowboys defense. I, let me re reiterate that because everybody's saying, oh, wait, they got the number three scoring defense in football. Yeah. Yeah, that's all nice and good. But I saw Marcus Mariota torch them, go nine for 12 on uh, on third downs against the Cowboys, who have the 29th ranked third down defense in football. I see this game being so ugly that by halftime, everybody's going to sleep and nobody's actually staying up on Thursday night. Um, you'll see in my bets how confident I am in this game. But this is going to be very, very ugly. Look, Demarcus uh, Lawrence came out saying that, oh, man, they're going to, I don't, I don't even know what he said. He said a whole bunch of craziness. He said but they were going to choke. At the end of the day, oh yeah, he's going to choke. That's what he said. They're going to choke us out. Our offensive line. He's going against Ryan Ramchick, who's the best offensive lineman maybe in football, uh, who literally will not give up one single pressure to him for an entire game. All he did was just wake us up even more. We were already going to be awake. Sean Payton, who is the most cocky coach in football, I love it. People, maybe you don't realize, he lives in Dallas in the offseason. His house is in Dallas. What do you think he's going to do on a Thursday night? He's going up there to embarrass the Cowboys. You know why he didn't end up as a head coach in Dallas? was because they continued to hire Wade, Phillip, Wade, hire Wade Phillips, and then they hired, uh, after they fired Bill Parcells, who is what? Sean Payton's mentor. So. The Saints are going to go out there to embarrass them. It's going to get very, very ugly early. The only way you can attack the Saints is really through the secondary, and they have no passing game whatsoever. Um, so this game is going to be, I'm going to say, at very minimum, 21 points. Jeremy, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, you're feeling good right now. You're, you're confident. But uh, I don't think this game is going to be that ugly. I think that the Cowboys are going to slow the game down. I think they're going to feed uh, Ezekiel. I think that Dak's going to run a lot. Uh, I know you guys are going to score, but I think I don't, I, I, if it were me, I wouldn't let Sean Payton, Drew Brees, have the ball in their hand that, that much. And I think that I think that's going to be the strategy. I, I would say Saints win by 12 points. I said I said I think they're gonna win by fourteen. I don't think it's gonna be some. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be closer than what you think. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Jeremy. I watched the Ravens game and the Saints game. Dak is at least Joe Flacco right now, and he's not. Well. Joe Flacco like, I'm honestly tired of the the Dak. You I'm know, not, he, he's still playing bottom, well. He's he's still a bottom tier quarterback. I'm not. I'm not, not gonna. I'm not backing off of that. But what I'll tell you is that he is a bottom tier quarterback. Thank you for finally coming to my side. On that. But with that that being said, Joe Flacco's not good. I mean, we see the, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Lamar can't even throw the ball yet, and they're still 10 times better and 10 times more entertaining with Lamar. Uh, and I watched them take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands, and they were a Justin Tucker extra point away from perhaps going into overtime with you guys. And one of the things that I will say is the Saints are not the same team on the road that they are at home. Now, they're still a very, very good team. But, I mean – for the entire first half of the game versus the Vikings before they fumbled, they were they were win, winning the game. The entire Ravens game, for the most part, they had the lead. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of those games that you can look at on the road this year where they have the, the Falcons game. They had the lead until you guys scored right before the end of the fourth quarter to go to overtime and win in overtime. Like so, I don't think it's going to be some huge blowout. What I will say is their only hope is they need to get some big splash plays with Mark Cooper or, or some of their receivers. And they got to be able to run the ball with Zeke. Zeke needs to have at least 25 carries, and he needs to get turn those 25 carries into over 100 yards. I'm not expecting him to get five yards of carry or anything, but he needs to turn 25 into to 100 to get four yards of carry um, for them to be able to just control the clock and keep it away from Drew Brees. But what I will down. say, what I will say is they have a legit defense. Like that defense is not. I think they're better than the Ravens defense. And, and I, no, no, no. I, I will tell you, close to as no, good no, as I'm going to tell you why. 
they they have when you guys play the Ravens defense, I think Jimmy Smith is out. They 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 have uh corners that can match up as well as anybody's corners really can. Their linebackers sideline to sideline are, are excellent. Um Jalen Smith is one of the best blitzing linebackers in football, and they have a, a legitimate pass rush outside of them blitzing. And I, I think the Ravens, Terrell Suggs is still good. Is he great anymore? Uh and, and I'm not sure what other pass rushers they have on that team. I mean, they they got, um, you know, they blitz them with, with Mosley and, and some of the other guys, but I, I just don't think they're that at that talented as as talented as the uh, the Cowboys are. Let me first off, let me just go through uh, the nonsense of running the ball against us. Oh yeah, you just gonna you know take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands? Okay, not only are the Saints the number one run defense in football, what are they? They're also the number one run defense on first down, giving up 3.4 yards a carry, 3.6 yards overall uh, against the run. So what happens when you run the ball? You run the ball three times and you punt. Did you guys watch that Redskins game? Could they move the football against the Redskins? No, they couldn't. It took them to the second half to really put up points. Uh, they had they had that one first drive where they went down the field, and then they put it like 10 times. What about, the, what about against the sorry Falcons defense? Could they move the ball? No, they struggled to move the ball in that game. Those were both ugly games. First half against Philadelphia's terrible defense. Were they able to move the ball? So there's there's this big theory that, oh, man, you know, they can just take the ball out of Breeze's hands. It wasn't that the other teams, they kept the ball out of the quarterback's hands. The other teams just couldn't score. Let me just go through the offenses that they played this season. Let's just go through it for a second. Panthers, Giants, Seattle, Lions, Texans. Jaguars, Redskins, Titans, Eagles, Falcons, Redskins. That sounds like a daunting offensive schedule to you. That's about. Not on my half. I mean, no, that's not. Jared, I don't think they played. The only team that they played is probably top ten in scoring is maybe the Falcons. That's it. Jeremy, they shut out the Falcons. No, no. But Jared, the Falcons, the Falcons, the week before got shut out. They got shut out last week. Like what I'm saying is, at the end of the day. You guys are giving a lot of credit to Ezekiel Elliott being able to run the ball. They ran the ball against the Eagles. The Eagles don't have a good run defense. They ran the ball against the Falcons. The Falcons don't have a good run defense. They ran the ball pretty well against the Redskins, who have a solid run defense, but it's not as good as ours. So what's the only way to attack us? All right, right, let's let's make our last points. I know you guys can talk about this for days. I know Jeremy can talk about the Saints. I know Jerry can try to uh, figure out ways to say the Saints aren't that good. No, no. The Saints are good. You you did. I'll give you props, Jerry. You did admit you gave Jeremy's team credit. Um, But, yeah, let's make our last points. Let's move on to some of these other games. I think what starts to happen is Jeremy – and. We're all everybody on the podcast here. We're agreeing that the Saints right now are the best team in the NFL, and that the Saints are going to cover the spread and win by over seven points. Right? We're all saying they're going to win by double digits. But when you start acting like, oh no, it's not even going to be a game. I mean, twenty-one points that they're they're not going to be able to run the ball. Their defense, we're just going to shred it up. Like we're talking about like NFL players. Everybody's on scholarship here. So what I'll tell you is this. I don't think this game is is the blowout you think it is. I think yeah, it's gonna be, it. I think it's gonna be a, a a fourteen point game where they're able to run the ball. And I think Dak's gonna be able to make some plays because I don't. I mean, you said you, you thought they were gonna take the ball, and make Dak look like he's not a starter. I don't think your defense has that capability. I think um, they have a good enough offensive line where they should be able to at least give him some bit of time. I think Marshawn Lattimore is gonna be on Mark Cooper, and I I like your guys' matchup there, but. Tavon Austin, Cole Beasley, like I, I don't trust Eli Apple to guard anybody really. Alan Hearns, so I, I think they, they should be able to put up some points. I'm gonna call the game. I'm gonna say you guys score 31 points. I'm gonna say 31 17. I think that defense holds you guys to 31. All right, 31 17. All right, make your last point. Let's move on, fellas. All right, last point. Uh, the Tennessee Titans scored 28 points against them and beat them by 14 in Jerry World. The Saints are maybe a million times better than the Tennessee Titans. Um, <laughs> I know you said that you think that the Ravens are very, very good. Uh, or, or that the, the Cowboys defense is better than the Ravens. The Ravens held the Saints. If you watch that game, that was the exact game the Saints tried to play against the Ravens. They ran the ball about 39 times in that game. And they won't play this game the same way. That game was played outside. It was played in under 40-degree weather. This game is played inside of a dome on a fast turf field instead of on grass. So it's a completely different matchup. What you're going to see is that the Saints get a huge lead early. The the, Cow- the Cowboys are not able to run the ball because once you get down 14, you can't run the ball. And then that's when it gets 
uh, really, really ugly. The Saints defense since week three has only given up more than 24 points once, and that was to the Rams. One time over 24 points. They've been shutting out teams the last three weeks. They've given up a total of 38 points, and that was two touchdowns in garbage time. So what you're going to see, my expectation is going to be 41 to 14. 41 to 14 from Jeremy. <laughs> All right. That that was definitely interesting, fellas. That uh that definitely touched a, a lot of points. And both of you guys made some valid points. But I don't know if you guys know, but I'm very excited right now. You know why? Because it's week 13 <laughs> in the NFL. And we need to discuss who are the contenders and who are the pretenders. Uh let's start with JD's 85, man. Like who who's your who, let's say who's your power five right now? that you think are the contenders and who are the uh, top five pretenders. Um, okay. That, that's actually a, a really easy list for me to put together. I'll go ahead and start on this. Uh, number one, obviously, is going to be the New Orleans Saints. I think we all can agree that they're the best team in football, uh, the biggest contender in football. My number two contender is going to shock you all. Who is the it? Chicago Bears. Yes. The Chicago Bears are the number two contender in football. I, wish I said listeners, it here first. I wish the listeners could see Jared Man 85's face right now. <laughs> I wish they could see his face. Think about it. Do, do, you, do you guys realize what they just did? This is impossible. They really put the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football at 8 o'clock, then had to play a road game the next week in Detroit at 12 on Thursday with their backup quarterback, and they came in and covered three points. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about the Chicago Bears, nothing else will. That's I'm going to give it to the Chicago Bears. I like their co coaching. I like their play calling. I like their weapons on the outside, Tariq and Aggie Pride. And I think that defense is something serious. I actually like them a little bit better than the Rams. Next, I am going to say on, the Jeremy, Rams on, are the third best. Hold on, Jeremy. I, I hate to cut you off. I hate to. Yeah, sure. But speaking of uh, the fellow A&T alum, Tariq Cohen, I mean, pro ball for this guy? I mean, undersized, didn't get a scholarship out of high school, balling out for the Bears. I mean, is it pro ball? I mean, I know we're a little biased, but what do you think? At this point, I'm going to say no, and the biggest reason why is because there's so many great running backs in the NFC. Like, it's three three running backs get to go into the pro ball. I mean, he's not going over Kamara. He's not going over Gurley. He's not going over McCaffrey. He's not really but, a running back, though. I mean, he can run, catch, special teams. And Jeremy, I think maybe as a maybe as a returner, I, I can see that. I think he's gonna be as a returner. I said, out of those running backs, you didn't mention Saquon. Uh, Saquon's definitely going to Pro Bowl as well. Uh, so yeah, he probably he probably will. Um, I don't really mention teams that can't win games. Probably, <laughs> but okay, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you're third on your. <laughs> that's gonna be a whole different team, you guys. So yeah, yeah. Well, who's your third team? Third, third team. I'm gonna go with uh, with the Rams. Um, I, I mean, that offense is obviously. Um, Great. My trepidation with pitting them at number two is that I don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody. And I think that the that the Bears can match up pretty well against him and uh, and be able to slow down an offense somewhat. And I don't think that the Rams defense can really stop anybody, especially against the run, because as good as Aaron Donald is and everybody says he's a defensive player of the year, he gives up a lot of running gaps by pretty much playing a lot of passing uh, techniques and getting into the backfield. But if, if you're patient with it, you get a lot of gaps behind him. Um, so I'm going to put them in number three. The top three teams, in my opinion, are all in the NFC. Number four, I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs have a very, very high-powered offense. Eric Berry is, is apparently going to come back from his heel injury at some point in the very near future. However, they've been saying he's going to come back for the last, I don't know how long, um, for a while. They've been saying that. Um, so I, I think uh, they're number, number three team. And then lastly, I'm going to say, I think my San Diego Chargers, who I have in the Super Bowl. Awesome, Jared. So yeah, who you're? That was a pretty good, pretty solid list there from JDZ, man. Uh, I would I would agree with. Uh, I think you left a team or two out, but uh, we can we can roll with that, Jared, man. What do you? What do you? Who who are your biggest contenders right now? Who's your top five? One, number one, as I said before, and I think it's the Saints right now. I'm not sure that's going to be the case in the playoffs. Like I oh, said, I hate saying that. I wish you could see Jared's face again. He no, his, I, I, don't, I don't hate saying that. Kind of right. Like I, said, I just think right now they're peaking so early. And I, I told Jeremy, if they continue to play this well throughout the rest of the season, 
then I will say that this may be this may go down as one of the top five greatest teams of all time. I mean, they'd be eighteen and one if they were able to pull this off and continue to play in this dominating fashion. I just don't know if they can do that because that's a long time to be peaking. Uh, and and I, no teams won eighteen in a row. No, the Patriots did, yeah. and then lost the Super Bowl. Uh, but the and lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, but but like I said, I, I think they're 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 balling out like right now. So I I got to leave them at one. Um, Bears aren't in, aren't close to my top five right now. Um, I, I would say the number two team right now would be the Rams. Um, I, I think it's because of their play calling, because of their diversity as far as them being able to run the ball and, and them being able to pass the ball both at an elite level. Um, and and they're able to at least create some pass rush. I don't think they have a great defense. Uh, I think the fact that Aqib Talib will be coming back will help them significantly. Uh, and I think one of the things that's been overlooked is Marcus Peters has been kind of gutting through an injury. Um, P- Tlaib took off. Peters kept playing on it. I don't think Peters is 100% healthy. I think he's getting healthier. He seems to be playing better. Um, and so I'm going to go with uh, the, the Rams being number two. My number three team uh, right now, I would have to – and we're looking at playoffs. So a number three contender, not right just power rankings right now, but contender. I'm going to go New England Patriots. Um, they got Bill Belichick. They got Tom Brady. Brady hasn't looked the same. But one of the things you know is when you get to the playoffs, uh, you, you need experience and you need the ability to be able to to have a coach that can take advantage of other teams' weaknesses. And I think that's something that you can get from Bill Belichick. Uh, the, number f- the number four team, I'm going with my Houston Texans. And I'm going with my Texans above the Chiefs, and I'll tell you why. There's a couple reasons. One, I think there's a very good chance the Texans could finish with the number one overall seed in the AFC. We're game behind Kansas City. Kansas City still has to play the Chargers, and they still have to play. Is it the Bears? I believe it's the Bears. Mm-hmm. I have to check. Seattle. Seattle. At Seattle. Yeah, Seattle at Seattle is the other the other tough one. I, they lose one of those games. The Texans could, could easily uh, be the number one seed. Secondly, if you look at the teams that have given the Chiefs problems this, this year, and that not these, all these teams have won, but it's been the Broncos, it was the Patriots, and the Rams. All three of those teams forced Patrick Mahomes into a lot of turnovers because they were able to generate a pass rush. Two of them were because Aaron Donald with the Rams ha- being an elite pass rusher, Von Miller with the uh, and, and and Chubb, Bradley Chubb, being great pass rushers for Denver. And when it came down to the Patriots, they were able to scheme up some some zone blitzes because of the fact that they gave some unique looks that forced them into a couple first half turnovers. The thing about the Texans, Texans have two elite pass rushers and a couple others that, that are, are borderline elite, Whitley Merciless being one of them. And they have a Bill Belichick disciple and Romeo Cornell, who's the most versatile blitzer as it comes to in, in, in the NFL. I think they can force Mahomes into some turnovers. And if you're telling me who do I trust in a big game, Mahomes or Deshaun, I trust Deshaun in a big game more than I trust just about any quarterback in the league. Uh, and then it comes to the, the number five team. I would go with the Kansas City Chiefs at number five. I think they're super explosive. Uh, I just don't trust that back end of their defense. They don't tackle well. Um, and I think when it gets to cold winter playoff time and people start playing defense, I don't think you can just say, hey, look, let's just open the field up. and Because I don't think they're going to call in the playoffs as many ticky-tack pass interferences. I think they're going to allow people to get more physical with Tyreek Hill, et cetera. And last year, you looked in the playoffs. They looked really good coming into the playoffs, and everybody said, "Oh, the Patriots don't want to play them again." And then they lose to Marcus Mariota and the and, and the Titans. So I I think ultimately those read. those are my top five. Uh, the Bears okay. on the outside looking in. The thing I will say about this, and and this uh, I think more buffers my point. The Bears did win a short week game versus the Lions with their backup quarterback, but give them props. Here, here's the other part of it, and this proves me right. Mr. Biscay was 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 ruled out the day before the game. Vegas has no. This one thing I love about Vegas, they have no bias. All they're about is money. Guess how much the line moved? It didn't move at all. You know why? Because they know that Mitchell Trubisky has zero effect on them winning games. And so when they put Chase Daniel in there, and I told Jeremy when, that, when we did the recording, I said, you know what? They're going to put Chase Daniel in, and Chase Daniel's going to be fine. You know why? Because he's he can approximate Mitch Trubisky. And Trubisky's a better runner, obviously. I think Daniel's slightly more accurate, more consistent passers. They're going to make less turnovers. But I think that proved the point that I've been saying 
all year long. I must say well, that's a no, good point. That's a that's a well, great no, point. I, I will I will bring up this though. Jerry says the line didn't move. The line did not move. That is very true. But it's also negating the fact that Vegas already knew when they made the line that Mitch Trubisky was hobbled. So, yeah, so that's that's the question. Up. Did did Vegas so, know that Trubisky probably was not gonna play? I mean, it, it, Jeremy, Jeremy, the line the line came out. That, the line came there, out before you guys would have to get timestamps on lines before. I mean, here's the thing: the lines typically come out what they came six, out six six days before the game. Yeah, really? six, and the the line six? for this one came out before he got injured in the Sunday night game because it was a Thursday night. It came out before the Sunday night game. Very interesting. Well, we got we could we could talk about that all night, but let's. I want to hear your uh, your pretenders. Let's start with Jeremy this time. Uh, who who are your top five uh, pretenders? Well, uh, I think that the big ones that I'm going to go and I'll go. I'm going to go with the top three from the AFC and then the top two from the NFC. Uh, NFC uh, pretenders right now. I'm sorry, Damon. It's the Carolina Panthers are number one on the list. I, know, I mean, I know. I know. You know, I, I've had I was plus sixteen hundred on my 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 picks. In the last three weeks, I've gone minus six hundred in three consecutive weeks. I'm down two hundred dollars for the year. And you know what that coincides with? I've picked the Packers, Panthers and the Panthers the last three weeks. So I have a new rule. I don't <laughs> pick on the, I'm not picking the Packers or the Panthers or the Vikings either or win or lose. In any game for the rest of the season, because without that, I'm like plus two thousand for the season. So the number one team I would say is a pretender is the Panthers. The number two team I would say is a pretender are the Packers. The Packers have a terrible schedule coming up. It's possible they could win their last five games and get to nine, six, and one and have a shot at making the playoffs. But you know what? They're a pretender. They're not going to do anything. And you know why? It's because Aaron Rodgers has been playing terrible for the past at least five weeks. And I think a lot of it has to do with this injury he got earlier in the year. His footwork looks awful. Every pass, he's basically thrown off his back foot. Uh, and I don't think that's injury anymore. I think that's just he's developed some bad habits because of the injury. But I don't think that rest of that team is very good. And it seems like they make some of the dumbest mistakes ever. They weren't probably going to win this game anyway. But the muff punt that the guy allows the ball to bounce a yard in front of him. Like... Just catch it. Just fair catch the ball. What was going to happen positive there as a as seven Vikings around you? And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to let it bounce in front of me. See what happens. Like, they do some of the dumbest things. So those are my two in the NFC. When I look at the AFC, my biggest pretenders, Chargers. Everybody's high on the Chargers. Chargers really don't have a good win all season. Now, they could prove me wrong, and they could beat the Steelers this week. But facts. they really haven't beaten anybody. And most of the games they that would be a, that would be a decent win. I mean, I wouldn't consider being yeah, I, I would consider that a good, great win. I, I was I, I would definitely consider that a great win. But you know what? My number two pretender are the Steelers. And you know why? They haven't beaten anybody all year. The same reason. So I, I think when you look at it and you, you say, Oh, some of their wins that look like really good wins. Oh, the Chargers beat the Titans. Oh, is that really a great win? Like, we saw them get blown out now a couple times. You guys beat them by a point because they went for a two-point. Uh, Steelers, oh, we, they blew out the Panthers. But is that a great win anymore? Like, like, we have to start evaluating, updating the resume. And then both of them last two weeks have lost to the, the Denver Broncos. I don't know the Broncos are a bad team, but both of those games, they had chances to, to, to close out games, and they made too many mistakes. I think the biggest problem with the Steelers is they should have gotten Le'Veon Bell back because James Conner in the biggest moments has choked like – I'm gonna, I was going to say something bad. I'm just going to change, change it and say, I don't know. He, he's choked like somebody needs the Hamlet. Anyway, like, like this week he fumbled, a, uh, he fumbled a ball in the red zone. Big, big moment. He had a, uh, he had a drop week, two, week, two weeks week. ago versus the Jaguars. He had a wide-open touchdown that he dropped uh, at the end of the game. They ended up barely squeaking it out. So those are, those are my two top, top pretenders in the AFC. The third pretender is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Look. I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's been very entertaining to watch. But you know what you can't do? You can't run the ball on average 20 times a game. And especially if you're not a big quarterback. He rushed the ball more times as a quarterback than any quarterback in their first two starts in the history of the league. Um, and, you know, you can look at the Bills, and they have Josh Allen, and he runs the ball a lot. But Josh Allen's like 6'5", 240. Lamar Jackson is like 6'1", 215. 
Even Mike Vick came he out. Runs, I'll have to say I, I watched a lot of snaps in that game. He runs very smart. He doesn't take a lot of hits. He, he, I think I'd be more worried about Deshaun taking hits than, than Lamar. I do. Lamar's I, a lot quicker. But here's the thing, Deshaun. Deshaun's bigger. I I agree, but I don't like the hits Deshaun takes either. But Deshaun runs the ball maybe five six times a game. Uh, there's a couple times he scrambles. Deshaun is a is a quarterback that runs. Lamar is more of a runner that throws. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um and. Although this Sunday I do want to go watch Lamar Jackson play the Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, that may happen. We'll see. But with that being said, I think they're pretenders. As I told you guys beforehand, I thought the Colts were going to make that playoffs in the sixth spot, and they look to be proving me right. I actually think most of your list is, is pretty accurate. I, I, I Even your uh, contender list, I although I might disagree with some of them on there, I mean, it has a lot of logic behind it. So I'm actually going to give you some some props on your uh, on both your lists. Uh, from the pretenders list, obviously the Panthers are going to come up number one. Uh, I've, it's been a while since I've seen – actually, I saw two of them this last weekend, so I shouldn't say it's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen a team dominate a team as bad as the Panthers dominated Seattle and lose a game. It's been a while. Like, they – okay, you you move the ball all the way downfield, and you go forward on fourth down on the five-yard line. You don't get it. And then you go down the field and get to the five-yard line again and kick a field goal. So you've, you've moved the ball about 200 yards, have three points, then the next possession, Seattle goes down and gets the field goal. Okay, you're tired. Go play again. Like the entire game pretty much played out that way, and they found a way to lose it. I don't think the Panthers are going to make the playoffs. I didn't think it before the season. They still got two games against the Saints left. Uh, so good luck. Uh, next team, I'm going to say that our pretenders is going to be one that you guys are going to look at me like I'm crazy for. The New England Patriots are pretenders this year. Yes, I said it. The New England Patriots are pretenders. If you look at them this year, they just don't have it. Like, I, I watched the game against the Jets. It was very competitive. And it was Josh McCown playing quarterback. And they have no weapons. It was 13-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Yes, they scored a couple late touchdowns. But you know what? I saw Matt Barkley join the Bills and light up this Jets defense. And he literally joined the Bills during the week. So Tom Brady's not Tom Brady anymore. Uh, I can officially say that Tom Brady is no longer, uh, you know, he's still good. He's just not Tom Brady anymore. And I don't think that they're going to go far in this playoffs. I assume they will lose at least by the division round. They are pretenders. Uh, the next pick I'm going to throw up you is going to be – You guys are super sleeping on the on the Patriots. It's just like you are talking I, a lot. I, I, Wait I to a, the playoffs. Damn it. I had him number, number three on my contender list. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that, Jared. But Jeremy's talking. Wait, about, from, from my pers- from my perspective, is this? What is that? He's, what that? he's, um, he's sleeping. That was, a, that was a snore. That was a snore. That's uh, cute to but... laugh. Um, that was pretty yeah. good, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Steelers as my third pretender. Uh, the Steelers haven't beaten anybody. Um, I don't think that James Conner is a superstar at all. Um, he's really cost them the last two games. Even though they won the game before last, he cost it to them before Big Ben won it back. Uh, Big Ben continues to throw balls into the middle of the field on the one-yard line without looking up to see who's in coverage. So, yeah, I think the Steelers are very, very much uh, pretenders. My next pretender is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are pretenders. Why am I including them in this list? Because they're still going to win the NFC East. The Cowboys are not going to win this division. The Eagles are going to beat the Redskins this week. The Cowboys are going to get destroyed. They're going to hear all the backlash about them getting destroyed by the Saints. They'll be right back in the same boat. And Philly's going to roll into town and beat them the next week. And people are going to say, man, Philly's won three in a row. All against the NFC East. Philly is pretenders. And lastly, this is going to be one that most of you also won't agree with, Minnesota. I know Minnesota's considered good. Most people go, oh, man, you got to watch out for Minnesota. I still don't trust Kirk Cousins. I don't think, think Kirk Cousins is going to be able to get it done when the playoff time comes. I think that defense is solid, but it's got some holes in it. Sandejo's been on IR now. Um, and then overall, I just don't necessarily trust them to be able to get a consistent running game going. I got auto-drafted Dalvin Cook this year, and I also got auto-drafted uh, Larry Fitzgerald in the draft. That's 14 players deep. Needless to say, my team is terrible. So 
I don't trust any of those teams. <laughs> I don't think they'll be good. I would have put Green Bay on that list, but they don't even deserve consideration. Aaron Rodgers has been a shell of himself, um, and I'll leave it at that. Real quick, Jeremy, I will say one thing that, that I need to get into right now uh, because mm-hmm. obviously I listed my Texans number four uh, as contenders. We play the Browns this week. We're going to destroy them. And I'm going to tell you why I'm so excited about us destroying them. Baker Mayfield, you got the audacity to come out and talk about Hugh Jackson going to the Bengals about how he was all fake. Didn't trust him, and he going to come in here and lose 30 games and then leave. Like, first off, some of them else. I think he thought he was still at Oklahoma. I think he thinks that you could just transfer as a coach. Well, here's the air. First off, first off. Some of them L's was on you, dog. Some of them L's was on you. Secondly, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to say, oh, you can't go in division, you transferred from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. And one, Cliff Cleansbury said you had a scholarship, but two, you went to Oklahoma where you didn't have a scholarship. So if you're saying the reason you left is because you didn't have a scholarship at Texas Tech, well, homie, you didn't have a scholarship at Oklahoma either. So why'd you transfer <laughs> in conference? Facts. Then you throw in this. Marvin Lewis. Was hired had hired Hugh Jackson before he went to the Browns. He was with the Bengals and went in division to go to the Browns. So him going back, it's like it's like a girl leaving her boyfriend for you and then leaving back to go with the boyfriend. And y'all, you and the boyfriend friends, and you like, how you gonna leave me for my homie? She left him for you. <laughs> it's one of the dumbest concepts I've ever heard, and this is why I can't buy into him long term. As a quarterback, it's not because he isn't, he's accurate. He has more of an arm than I thought he did. But you know what? These types of situations boil down to decision making. And if you can't make decisions off the field, I don't trust that you can make decisions on the field. It's like I say with salespeople, when I hire salespeople, I say, look, I don't tell them this, but in my head, I want to see a picture of their spouse because you can't sell in your personal life. You cannot sell in your professional life. And if you can't make good decisions in your personal life, I don't trust you're making good decisions on the field. So that's what I have to say about Baker Mayfield. Jeremy, you can comment on that sure. before we move on, but that's classic. my thought. That was, Jeremy, that was Jeremy, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me comment on this. Jeremy. I like the rant, but you can't say that he's not going to make great decisions on the field because he made a dumb, dumb statement off the field. Uh, that statement was very privileged. Obviously, you know, he was in a heated moment. It's an emotional moment for him. I guess he thought, like I said before, that – uh, it's possible just to transfer. He and he chose to transfer in division, even though this guy is a grown man with a family to feed. He's going to take whoever offers him a job when he gets fired. But like I said, I don't think you can say he's going to make bad decisions on the field because he chose to make a dumb statement. No, but go ahead, Jeremy. If that, real quick, damn. If that was if it was one situation, I would agree with you. But when it's flipping off the fans at a game at OU, when it's grabbing your junk at the opposing team when you score a touchdown, when it's getting into getting drunk and then getting arrested from the, by the police and then trying to outrun the police and getting tackled by like a 300-pound police officer because you weren't fast enough to get away from them. Like it's a it's a pattern of Everybody bad decision-making. Everybody has a pass. I agree. Has a this pass. is a present. This, this is, these present. these have all happened in the past year and a half. So I'm going to say – I don't trust him to make great decisions. Okay. All right. Um, uh, we, so, so, Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy, you want to comment on your boy Baker Mayfield? Let's make it make it quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this will be very quick. First off, Jared, that was a very classic rant. <laughs> Wonderful points. Uh, my thing is, everybody's buying in and going, well, you know, even though if we don't disagree, even if we disagree with it, Baker's going to be a wonderful player. Everybody knows he's a good player. No, I don't know that. I'm not even sure he's better than he, – he's pretty much Dak Prescott, in my opinion, at this point. Dak Prescott in his rookie season. And he's not even that good. I mean, if you really want to look at why they won the last three weeks, they played the worst defenses in football. They played the Kansas City Chiefs, who were terrible on defense. They played the Falcons, who were terrible on defense. And then they played the Bengals, who were terrible on defense, all-time terrible. Let me give you the numbers of the person who's responsible for those wins. His name happens to be Nick Chubb. <laughs> Nick Chubb in the last three games. 345 yards rushing at 5.2 yards per carry. He's got seven catches for 82 yards in those games. And he has a total of five touchdowns. So we really made this whole thing up like, oh, man, you know, Baker, he's out there really getting it done. His team's creating turnovers. They haven't given up points. I mean, like. Are we giving them credit for beating the Bengals? You know, beating them the week before Lamar Jackson. 
He's a rookie in his very first start, and he beat the exact same team. You know who came back and beat the Falcons the next week? Dak Prescott. Do you know who also put up 24 points against Kansas City? Pretty much everybody who played him. I'm not giving him a lot of credit. Jeremy, for going you're out. literally talking circles about people who beat people, other than like two or three teams. <laughs> yes, but if you play on a team that's running back in the last three weeks that has five touchdowns, 345 yards rushing, and 82 touchdowns, or 82 yards receiving, I'm not going to give you a lot of credit for your wins. I'm just not going to do it. I, I do agree with you. Nick Chubb's played a huge part, and I think uh, Hugh Jackson definitely wasn't thinking when he wasn't playing your boy, but uh, you Baker, you give Baker props. When I, I don't think it's a, a, a diss when you say that Baker is a poor man's or exactly is Dak Prescott. Because to me, Dak Prescott, Dak, 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 Pres, Dak Prescott excuse me, is a mid-range, pretty good NFL quarterback. That's just my opinion. That's what I thought until I started going through all the starters. And then I said, yeah, he's probably in that 20 to 5. That twenty to twenty-five range, as opposed to like the, exactly, like you start to get into it. Yeah, like if you think about him in your head, it's like yeah, he's a middle of the pack quarterback. But then when I start to actually go through the numbers and I go, well, if I got Kirk Cousins at like thirteen and Matt Stafford probably at like fourteen or fifteen, like at what point do I get to Dak? Like I got to get behind even Derek Carr. You know, like hey, yeah, Derek Carr. I, like, take, I, taking- I take Dak over Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr at this moment. I would. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I take. I'm not sure I'd take Dak right now over Justin Herbert. Yeah, exactly. And he's playing at Oregon. And then what starts to happen is it's like when you you say, oh, she's a 10, and then you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, compare her to Halle Berry. Like, sometimes you look at it and you realize she's a 7. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely uh, super, super funny. Uh, great points about NFL. You, as, as I said before, it's crunch time. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see who rises to the occasion. Let's get into some NCAA football. The, the, the rankings came out a couple days ago. Um, top four as we expected, even though I feel like Notre Dame hasn't done enough to be in there. But we're looking at Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia, of course. Uh, what do you guys feel about that Michigan game last week? Uh, do you think Harbaugh uh, should be on the hot seat? I mean, Ohio State, I always have faith in Ohio State, but they really show who they were last week, putting up 60-plus points. Harbaugh, I mean, I mean, chances this guy gonna get. Let's start with Jeremy this time, man. What do you, what do you feel about your boy Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh is the Aaron Rodgers of coaches. <laughs> uh, he gets way more credit than he actually deserves, and he hasn't accomplished enough to get the credit that he that he deserves. At this point, he should be on the hot seat. He, if you look at his record compared to like Brady Hoke, Brady Hoke was fired at this point already. Like these these guys, like these guys beat their rivals. How have you played Ohio State four times? And you haven't won. And it's funny. I was listening to somebody said, well, it's obvious that Ohio State has more talent. You do realize recruiting is a part of playing coach. So I think he should be gone. Uh, the only reason why I would say maybe not is because, I mean, who else are you going to hire? I don't know. You're Michigan. You're not really – like your fans and the media tries to make you out like you're really a you know, contender and you guys have really been getting it done for years. You're one of the powerhouses in football. They got like one national championship in their entire history, and that was like a co-national championship. Like Michigan, not – I mean, they're not a premier – they're, they're Michigan, okay? I'll, I'll give them credit. They're Michigan. They're not a premier school. If you're saying, hey, Alabama or, you know, at this point, I mean, Clemson is way more prestigious than, than Michigan is as a football program for what they've accomplished in the last five years for what Michigan's done for overall time. Um, throughout this entire process, just looking at it, is Alabama and Clemson. They might as well skip it. It's really everybody's saying, you know, we need to expand the playoff. No, we don't. We need to <laughs> retract it and just go back to Clemson versus Alabama. Like, why, why are we Why are we going through this? Why does Clemson have to beat Notre Dame by 70? I mean, why, why, why are we going to – like, is this going to be a waste of our time? Are we really going to say, Oklahoma, you go in there and play Alabama? Alabama's going to be done by 85. First off, I, I got a feeling that Tua will be taken out at the end of the first quarter, and you see a lot of Jalen Hurts in that game because he even he would just run up and down the field on his Oklahoma team. So what I am seeing is, uh, first off, Jim Harbaugh deserves to be fired. Urban Meyer is probably going to end up getting his team in the playoff because I think Texas is going to end up beating Oklahoma again. And from what you'll see is it's Clemson, Alabama. Yeah, I agree too, Jeremy. Uh, it's looking like it's going to – it's gonna. Uh boil down to what we all want to see and what we all expect 85 what you feeling right now man i know you're i know you're tigered out but uh, what do you feel about the overall ncaa landscape well one you can't fire uh jim harbaugh jim harbaugh is a top 
five or six coach in college football. Like as much as everybody's oh, like, don't bring me up. Oh yeah, we'll look at Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke like literally got there, won the first year with Rich Rodriguez as players, and then did nothing. Uh, if you look at Jim Harbaugh, he's been there four years, and three of them he's won at least ten games. So I'm not saying that he, he's he's not Urban Meyer, he's not Dabo, he's not Nick Saban, obviously, but he's still a really good coach. Uh, I, the thing that was dumbfounding is this. One, they didn't have speed in their secondary. Why are you playing press coverage man-to-man the entire game? Like, you guys didn't figure out all they're doing is running crossing routes, and your dudes aren't fast enough to keep up with them on crossing routes. Literally, Jeremy, the entire game was slant, slant, Somebody caught it and they hit the sideline. And I was like, dude, I feel like when I play Madden, I play, I'll give you a quick story. I play Madden, I play in this league, and in our league, you can't run the same play, apparently, uh, from the league rules. And this guy kept running overstorm blitz every play. And so he had he was supposed to change his play on, on defense as well. And I kept running the same play. And he was like, Are you gonna change your play? And I said, I will once you change your defense. I'm not gonna change my play. If it's going to score me a touchdown every time I run it because you're playing stupid defense. And I felt like that was the exact same thing that was happening with the Ohio State-Michigan game. They just kept running slants. Um, overall, college football, Jeremy, I agree with you. I've been saying that for the past three months. It's Clemson and it's Alabama. I think Trevor Lawrence played one of the best games I've seen him play this week. I was thoroughly impressed. Um, the thing that I was not impressed about was our secondary this week. Um, but the, th- the thing that makes me happy about it is – there, you know, the Michigan-Ohio State, Michigan didn't have enough speed in the secondary to cover Ohio State's players. That's not correctable unless they get faster, which isn't happening. Clemson game was more about blown coverages, missed assignments, and no running tempo. Those are correctable things. I think it boils down to Clemson versus Alabama. Clemson, I, I'm going to give a slight edge, too, in the sense that I think we'll be able to get enough pass rush on Alabama. But this week, I am looking forward to the Alabama-Georgia game. Uh, it's a 10-point game right now. Uh, but that's really the only game that I really care about because whoever Alabama, if Alabama wins, whoever Alabama plays in the playoffs, if it's Oklahoma, they might get to 100 points. And I'm not exaggerating. They literally might get to 100 points. Um, and um, Clemson is going to boat race Notre Dame. Uh, they have no speed in their secondary. They should have lost to, to USC if they didn't fumble the ball twice uh, while they were on scoring drive. So, um, hey, you, mean, you mean 100 po- points total, right? No, 100 points from Alabama. You realize, yeah, I agree. But, but put this in perspective. They gave up forty points to Kansas. They played a game. They played a game. This they played the game versus West Virginia. West Virginia doesn't have nearly the skill position players that Bama does, and I don't think Will Grizz is as good as Tua. And he had two two touchdowns he gave up on defense. Will Grizz did, and he still scored what fifty or fifty nine points, like. They might actually score 100 points because I think every run will be a touchdown. I, I'm just I don't I don't believe in their defense at all. That's gonna be interesting, man. I I kind of just want to. First of all, I I like Oklahoma. I like Kyler Murray a lot. I like him a lot. I would like to see them play, man. I think I think Oklahoma has a fire to Just have a have a straight up just shootout. I'm looking forward to that. But speaking of Kyler Murray, uh, it looks like it's boiling down to him and your boy Tua for the Heisman. Uh, fellas, who you guys who's 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 edging right now? I like personally like Kyler Murray. I think he has less to work with uh, than Tua, obviously. But uh, let's start with Jeremy, man. Who do you feel like is the uh, Heisman uh, Heisman favorite pick right now, or, or the front runner? It's Tua, and it's not close. <laughs> I mean, I said a while ago that if Tua died today, his funeral would be at the Heisman ceremony. <laughs> so uh, this is my thought on the entire situation. Everybody's going, "No, oh, man, he's got you know so much." less to work with in Tua, which is somewhat true. I mean, Alabama's nice. But Tua's going against much better defenses than, than Kyler Murray's going against. This is an individual award. Who would you rather say? Like, everybody's like, oh, man, you know, he's got he's playing uh, Oklahoma's defense. And then, you know, they got even the, the worst defense in the Big 12, and the Big 12 has the worst defense in football. While that might be true, he is still going into the division with the worst defenses in football. And Baker Mayfield did do something similar last year with the exact same weapons. So you can say maybe, hey, this is not you know, some kind of outlier. It could be more just a system. So what I'm going to say is Tua took a team that has never been known for offense and made them an offensive juggernaut. They have a better offense than Oklahoma does, even higher score than Oklahoma, 
against better defenses. He's got more touchdowns. He's got less interceptions. He is the runaway Heisman winner. Actually, I think he has, he has less touchdowns, but um, because I think he's got 36 touchdowns, two interceptions. Kyler's got 37 to seven, and he's got 11 rushing. But I would agree with you. It's Tua. Um, here's the reason why. There's a couple. One, he's going versus Big 12 offenses. I mean, and, and I'm sorry, Big 12 defenses. Big 12 defenses are terrible, so it's a lot easier to score. Secondly, I think you got to look at their receivers. Hollywood Brown is projected as the number one receiver in the draft for Oklahoma. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is a very good receiver. And their running back, Trey Sermon, he's about to break the NCAA record from the highest yards per carry in the history of college football. You know Trey Sermon from Sprayberry High School here in Georgia is averaging 9.6 yards, yards a carry for the season. He's almost averaging a first down per carry. And as, as exciting as Kyler Murray is, when you look at his stats, they're very comparable to Tua. I think Tua is maybe slightly more impressive. You know what's even more impressive? Tua's thrown three passes in the fourth quarter all season. He's thrown three passes in the fourth quarter all season. That's crazy. <laughs> you imagine if he took an extra take – his, take his stats and divide them by .75. Or, you know, you, that that's the actual way of getting there. His numbers, he, he would have 55 touchdowns and – three picks or at the end of the day, man, Tua right now, he's playing versus SEC defenses. Even the even his bad games was like four touchdowns on a pick versus LSU's defense. Um I I think Kyler Murray is extremely impressive. I hope Kyler Murray loses, gets pissed off, and goes and beats Bama in the in the in the the CFP first game so we can play Oklahoma. That would be so awesome. You know what it would be? You know what it would remind me of? It would remind me of Vince Young classic getting beat by Reggie Bush and then coming out and beating Reggie Bush in USC, who was considered the all-time great team. But with that being said, I think right now it's got to be Tua. He's just playing too well. He's flawless. Jared, just just to comment on that last thing you said about about Alabama and how how he's not played in the fourth quarter, do you realize that uh, Alabama is the first team since like 1880-something? To win, uh, win uh, I think their first ten or eleven games, however many they played, all by more than twenty-one points. Yes, yeah, so the first team since like eighteen eighty-eight. Yell. Yeah, yeah, coached by the <laughs> the incomparable Walter Camp. Um, <laughs> who, who, that team actually did not give up a single point the entire season. Uh, so, and that tells you what. What Alabama is doing right now, and this is not because Alabama's defense, because Alabama's had great defenses forever. I'm not even sure this is even one of their close to top best defenses, but this is by far the best offense that Alabama's ever had there, and that's because of one person. Oklahoma had a great offense last year. They'll have a great offense when Kyler Murray goes and turns into a baseball superstar, but Alabama, when Tua leaves, they will not continue this up. This is all Tua. Yeah, for sure, man. I definitely, definitely want Kyler Murray to pull through uh, these last couple of weeks. I hope he has some big weeks. Uh, and it's definitely going to be some interesting games coming up. I hope, man. I, I'm, I'm having my fingers crossed that we see this Kyler Murray versus Tua matchup. Uh, but let's get back into some NFL, guys. Uh, Jeremy, you had a, a decent week last week, up 200, uh, 700 for the season. Jared, man, uh, you can blame it on my pens if you want, but uh, you're down 600 bucks for the week, uh, bro. And then uh, you're down 200 for the season, man. Uh, let's start with Jared. Let's go through your picks and and where you where you failed, where you felt like you might have done you know a little bit of work, Jared. I don't know if you're gonna have any points on that, but uh, uh, let's, let's let's go through your picks, bro. So, I started off with the Saints. That was an easy pick. They're gonna be one of my picks this week until they not cover. They've covered nine straight games. I'm gonna go with them until until the the roulette table goes from black and hits on red. Because if it keeps hitting on black, I'm just gonna keep putting chips on black. Um, with that being said. Um, next game, I had Panthers Seahawks. Panthers thoroughly dominated that game. I have no idea how they didn't cover. They played stupid at the end, got super conservative, and then left Graham Gano to kick a 54-yard field goal as opposed to just continuing to throw the ball. Um, so that was a, a bad beat in the sense that they dominated that game. Yardage-wise, I think they had an extra 150 yards. I mean, they just gave it away. Next game, I could have told you I was going to get wrong afterwards. And I told Jeremy I wanted to change it, but I, I, I couldn't change it because of the fact that I was like, I don't, I don't think it's fair for me after the fact to go on Instagram and change my pick. Um, and when you look at it from a realistic standpoint, um, 
you know, I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, it'd be if you were in Vegas and you went to go ahead and put your pick down. Like, I can't go back and change it. When I picked the Bengals to beat the Browns, I said the Browns haven't won a game on the road in three years, and they haven't won back-to-back games in, like, four. And I said the reason I'm picking them to, to lose is because the Bengals are getting A.J. Green back from all reports, and Andy Dalton is terrible without A.J. Green, but with A.J. Green, he looks great. And then game time decision, AJ Green doesn't play. And I was like, or, or so day before, and I called Jeremy. I was like, dude, I really want to change this pick because if AJ Green is not going to play, Andy Dalton's terrible. I'm going to go with the Browns. So that one was a loss that I, that I had to take. Packers sabotage. Aaron Rodgers, if you just don't miss Sabo, if you don't miss the wide open throw to Devontae Adams, they lose by three and it's a push. I don't lose the bet. I mean, you couldn't even give me the one wide open throw. When I talk about Mitch Trubisky, I always say, well, he's throwing the wide open receivers. Well, apparently that's hard to do now because Aaron Rodgers has been doing it all the last five games. Okay, sorry. You, 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 forgot, you forgot about the play before when he had an easy first down and threw it into the dirt again. For some reason, that five-yard out is just too difficult for Aaron Rodgers has, to make. It has been. And then the last one, me and Damon watched a lot of this game. I had the Colts minus eight versus the Dolphins because Andrew Luck had thrown, and now he's thrown eight straight games with at least three touchdowns. He threw he threw um, another three this game. But what pissed me off, he threw two terrible interceptions in, in, in a real-time two-minute span. He threw a pick. Then the next play, the Dolphins throw a pick, and then he threw a pick the next play again. I was like, what are you doing? They went by three. <laughs> As opposed to if he could get one touchdown on one of those drives, they probably went by 10 and they covered the eight points. Um, but you know what? I'm okay with that game. I, I just Right now, I just got to get off Packers, Vikings, Panthers, and uh, I should be good. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this week's picks. All right. Uh, good explanation of the bad picks, Jared. I must say so myself. JDZ, how are you feeling over there, man? A little, you're up for the man, week. Man, I'm actually happy. You know? You know, I, I'm up, but I'm very disappointed. And the reason I'm disappointed is because it depends on how you got there. And I was 3-0 and going into the afternoon games on Sunday, feeling like, oh, man, I might end up 1,000 up. I'm already 600 up. I already know I'm going to be in the positives. And then I lost the last two games. So that's why I was frustrated. Why, what, what were my games? So obviously I picked the Saints uh, to cover that spread against the Falcons. That was easy money. I picked the Bears to cover their spread of three points against the Lions. That was great when uh, Eddie Jackson caught that interception and ran it back. So happy on that one. Um, the other games I picked were really pretty simple. You've got Tom Brady going against uh, Josh McCown. I picked that game. What were the last two games that I picked? The two quarterbacks who have let me down this season. Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers. So... And the Ben game, that was the other game. You remember when I said the Panthers were – I've never seen a team dominate that bad in a while and still lose. The other game I saw that was like that was the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Broncos. You got a tight end who literally could walk into the end zone without being touched. He said so even himself. But he said he wanted to run over the quarterback. So at the one-yard line, he lowers his head. He gets hit. He fumbles through the end zone, touchback, Broncos ball. That's seven points. You got another play where well, you have the 97-yard touchdown pass to Juju. There's another play that was that set up the exact same way. What happened? Ben Roethlisberger overthrew it. You had another play where fake Le- uh, Le'Veon, I'm not even going to call him by his full name, I'm going to call him fake Le'Veon, was running up the field and tried to jump over somebody and fumbled. And then, obviously, you had the Ben Roethlisberger interception at the end of the game. So they choked that game away. I should have covered that, but for some reason, the Steelers are trash. And then lastly, Aaron Rodgers has to make one throw. All I'm asking for is one throw. I mean, think about it. Everybody's, I, I heard people on, on TV talking about, oh, man, it's Mike McCarthy. And I don't think Mike McCarthy has been doing a great job. He probably needs to go. But I heard people talking about the defense. Their defense is super injured. Oh, man, look at all these injuries on the defense. They got 24 points. 24 points. If you're that guy, you got to win that game. I like if, if, if the Saints give up, I can tell you right now, if you came to me and said, hey, the Saints are going to give up 24 points from here into perpetuity. I say I'm good with that. 24 will win almost every game, if not every game. So, hey, you got to win that game. You got to at least cover. Um, so 
those are my picks. Uh, excited about this pick. I think you guys are going to like some of my picks coming forward. Very interesting. Uh, so speaking of picks going forward, uh, let's let's have you guys run down your picks for uh, this week of games coming up. Uh, let's start with JDZ85, man. Let's run through your picks real quick. Uh, hopefully, Jared can have a rebound week. Hopefully, get get back up for the season. I'm not hoping. I'm, I'm getting it done. I'm getting it done. Okay. So, is that a guarantee? That's a guarantee. Book it. Okay. 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 So, since that's a guarantee, Jeremy, what should we put on it since Jared's guaranteeing that he's going to be back up for the season? Anything you want to put on hmm. it? Let's see. Huh. Um, first drink. How about first drinks at the Celebration Bowl? Uh, with with our NCAA and T Aggies. Shout out A T, man. We going to Celebration Bowl in two weeks. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody come to Atlanta, hit me up. You know we doing it big all week, but yeah. Uh, so first drink. Let's go I'm, picks I'm in me. First drink since Jared's guaranteeing oh, yeah. uh, his picks this week. All right, let's run through. Okay, so I'm going to go through my picks. I would definitely recommend you all staying with me and going with my picks with me because this is going to be very, very, very easy to cover the first game i am very very confident in i'm going seattle seahawks minus nine at home against san francisco i am so confident in that pick that i'm going to put a full dollar on that game next (laughs) i actually have the new england patriots not covering five points against minnesota minnesota is plus five i'm going to bet on the minnesota vikings plus five at new england on sunday night football with kirk cousins I am so confident in that game. I am also going to put a full dollar on that game. I have another game. The Houston Texans, minus five against the Baker Mayfields. That's going to be a very, very easy cover. That's a game I would bet on very, very heavily. I am going to go a full dollar on that game as well. (laughs) And I have the Carolina Panthers, minus three against Tampa Bay on the road. They will rebound and get back on track. I am going to go another full dollar. So, as you guys can tell, I am very, very uh, aggressive in my picks. I am not normal, f- normally frugal, but when the universe gives you uh, lemons, and I've actually found out that lemons are actually not a naturally made fruit in, na- in nature. I think it's a cross fruit between a citron and an orange, apparently. Who, uh, who knew? So life actually doesn't give you lemons. <laughs> but I'm going to give you lemonade today either, either way. The New Orleans Saints are favored by only seven points against the Dallas Cowboys. I am going to go plus $996 on the New Orleans Saints, and that is my lock of the week. (laughs) You went $996 on one team. Oh, my god! One team. All All I need is one team, one team. Uh, Well, Here's mine that I feel very, 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 very good about. First one, I'm doing all mine for $200 because I'm going to be right on all five of these anyway. I get the Denver Broncos, who've won back-to-back games versus the Chargers and the Steelers, playing the Cincinnati Bengals, who are starting Jeff Driscoll. I only have to go four points. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos minus four versus Jeff Driscoll without A.J. Green and with the worst defense in football. Um, Next, (laughs) my second one, I get Andrew Luck going versus Cody Kessler. I'm going to take Andrew Luck versus Cody Kessler minus four, especially after they just fired their offensive coordinator and Leonard Fournette is on suspension. I think those two games are pretty simple picks. Next game, I get the Houston Texans. Minus five versus the the Cleveland Brown Turds. Uh, I uh, I get them. Uh, uh, I get uh, Houston at home. Uh, not only do I think they win this game by by at least a touchdown. Um, Romeo Cornell is is, is I think going to take it personal. I think he's going to blitz the mess out of black coaches stick together. Black people as a whole usually stick together. I think he's going to blitz until. The end of the world, Baker Mayfield approval point. And I think Baker has an awful game. Uh, I think the Texans win that game by at least 10. Um, those are my top three picks. Next game, I'm going to feel very, very confident in this one. I'm taking the over. And the, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the L.A. Chargers. I get 51 and a half points. That game, both teams are going to score at least 30. Um, I don't feel very good about either one of those defenses. 
Um, I think the Pittsburgh offense bounces back. And even if it's a late cover, I'm going to go with the over on 51 and a half points. And the last game that I feel very good about on my very, 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 very good list is I get the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. And it's a 40-point spread. It's a 40-point over-under. I'm taking the under. Guys, both of those teams are trash. Both of those teams have terrible offenses, although I do like Josh Allen a little bit better than I have in, in the past. He can't throw the ball. Both of those teams have good defenses. So I expect it to be a very, very low-scoring game. I'm taking the under under the 40 points. So in recap, $200 a piece. I got the Houston Texans minus five over the Cleveland Brown Turds. I got the Denver Broncos minus four over the Cincinnati Bengals led by Jeff Driscoll because Andy Dalton's off the season. I got the Indianapolis Colts minus four versus Jacksonville's Cody Kessler. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers LA Chargers over 51 and a half points. And I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins minus 40 points. Book it. Let's book. And uh, it's definitely booked for your drinks. Your first drink to be on uh, JDZ if you don't uh, come through and end up on top of Damn your it. money. Damon, real quick question for you though: um, How do you feel about Jeremy's old fashions too? How, how do you feel about Jeremy's nine hundred ninety-six dollar bet on the Saints and one dollar on the other four games? Hey man, I mean, I he better be right. Be mad at this point? No, no. Can you be mad at this point? No. I'm yeah, I mean, it's a big risk, be, but right. you know, let me let me just tell the <laughs> listeners: you know, Jeremy's Jeremy's the guy we're out in Vegas. He'll come out the club, man, three in the morning and put two put two hundred on black, whatever it is. You know, I mean, he's just a big risk taker. So, does that surprise me? No. Is that smart? You know, we'll see. We'll see. Genius. Uh, Jeremy says it's genius. We'll find but, out about Thursday. Uh, <laughs> we will find out about Thursday for sure. But we appreciate all the listeners out there uh, tuning in to us this week. Make sure you follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram is Amibros underscore Podcast. We'll be back next Thursday, dropping like we do every week. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, Podbeam. Uh, you can find us everywhere. So we appreciate y'all support. Uh, feel free to give us some feedback. We'll see you guys next week. We out. And share us to all your friends. <laughs>